What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my top 36 wide receiver rankings for week four of the NFL season. Also splitting these players up into tiers. I already have my running back rankings posted. So if you want to check those out after this one, those are up on my channel. If you have any fantasy questions, drop them down below. If you enjoy the video or you drop a question, do me a huge favor and hit that like button. Really helps me out a lot. But let's just dive right into the rankings. We're going to start off in tier one. We have five tier one wide receivers. Got to start it off with probably the overall consensus top two, Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, however you want to order those players, I'm fine with it. Really doesn't matter because if you have them on your team, you're going to be firing them up. Same thing with Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs, high-end wide receiver ones. And then I guess a big riser would be Keenan Allen. Through three weeks, Keenan Allen has been an elite fantasy option. And I think we probably kind of should have saw this coming. He was someone I was definitely in on heading into the season. The concern for Keenan Allen was just, was he going to regress due to his age? And would he be able to stay healthy? So far, he stayed healthy. Um, even looking back at last year in his healthy games, he consistently commanded a crazy amount of volume. He's doing that again. Now he loses Mike Williams, which may lead to more volume. I think it's probably not like the net positive people may think just because he was already commanding a crazy amount of volume with Mike Williams in the lineup, but I just think Keenan Allen has to be regarded as a locked in wide receiver one moving forward. Now shifting over to tier two, these are also players who are just going to be locked into your starting lineup every single week. Amon Ross St. Brown has looked great through three weeks, even though he's playing through a toe injury, still playing at a very, very high level. Jamar Chase here at seven had a huge bounce back after two rough games. I still don't think we throw him back to like that elite tier one tier, just because it's clear that Joe Burrow is not playing at 100%, right? Jamar Chase had a big day, but it wasn't one of those games where the Bengals offense was just lightened up. T Higgins had some issues in that game. So I still think Jamar Chase is a wide receiver one, but it's definitely not like him and the Bengals and Joe Burrow are completely back to what we were kind of expecting heading into the season. Behind Jamar Chase, we have Chris Olave really just putting together a great year two breakout. I think he keeps it going here in week four. Then we have C.D. Lamb, another just locked in wide receiver one. Jalen Waddle here at 10. Some people may think this is high because he's only played in two games and he didn't necessarily light it up in the first two weeks. But we just have to take a look at what we've seen out of this Dolphins offense. They have been electric. Pretty much everyone on this offense has hit except for Jalen Waddle, assuming he plays in this game after missing week three. I think he's a wide receiver one moving forward and is a player I like buying low on if you can. And then to wrap up this tier, it's going to be AJ Brown. Um, still view him as the better option over Devonta Smith um, and like a lower end wide receiver one at this point. Now shifting into tier three, a pretty large tier here. Going to start it off with Puka Nakua. If you want to make an argument, Puka should be in tier two. I totally get it. Still won't have Cooper Cup back. He's been great through three games. I think I talked about this in my wide receiver start sit, but I actually thought it was kind of interesting that we got to see a game out of the Rams where the offense didn't look great. You know, like I said in that other video, it would have been cool if him and Tutu just continued to command, you know, 10 plus targets a game and ball out. But in a game where they kind of struggled, both guys were still able to support themselves, which I think is encouraging moving forward. So Puka is going to wrap up my wide receiver ones. Then we have Debo Samuel coming off a of back-to-back really strong games. We'll see if we get Brandon Ayuk back this week. I do have him in these rankings. So, you know, expecting him back, but he's probably going to be a little bit lower than what he would be if I knew he was 100%. Devonta Smith, 
really strong high-end wide receiver too. You know, just a few slots here behind AJ Brown. Both those guys are stud wide receivers. Calvin Ridley takes a little bit of a hit. I'm still very in on Ridley rest of the season, but just what we've seen out of three weeks, I think some of those other guys had to move ahead of him. Then we have Amari Cooper, back-to-back really strong weeks. Deshaun Watson looked significantly better in week three than he did in both week one and week two. So for Amari Cooper's sake, hopefully Deshaun Watson, you know, keeps kind of building on his week three performance. Then we have another uh, mid-tier wide receiver two, clearly the top option for the Seahawks, DK Metcalf. Then we have Michael Pittman. He consistently is commanding volume. He's very involved, you know, week after week. He's very involved when Richardson's at quarterback. Same thing with Gardner Minshew. So I think he's a nice, consistent, um, high floor wide receiver two option moving forward. Behind Pittman, we have Tutu Atwell. Three impressive performances. Actually had the better game um, over Pukunukua because he got into the end zone. As long as Cooper Cup is out, I still think we just fire up those dudes as like at worst wide receiver two plays. Then we have T. Higgins. Um, He does take a little bit of a hit overall. This just goes back to Joe Burrow not being 100%. This isn't like, oh, he had a rough game, a couple drops, like I'm tanking him. It's just more so that Jamar Chase takes a hit, T. Higgins takes a hit until Joe Burrow gets fully healthy, if he gets fully healthy. It definitely seems like they've uh, really kind of mismanaged that situation, right? They play him early in the season. They go down 0-2. You would have liked to have them rest him. Um, You know, if they lose the two games, they lose the two games, but then you'd have a healthy Joe Burrow. So we'll see if he's able to get healthy, but until he does, T. Higgins is going to be more of like a mid-tier wide receiver two compared to like the fringe wide receiver one territory, which is where he was pretty consistently drafted. And then to wrap up this tier with Brandon Ayuk, if he's fully healthy, you could probably bump him up a few slots right in there with Debo Samuel as the uh, top pass catchers on that offense. Now shifting into tier four, not a huge tier here, um, but to start it off, I have Christian Watson, very high on Christian Watson. We saw him really tear it up towards the end of last season. This just comes to him getting on the field. Jordan Love has looked much better than expected. So I think the ceiling is very high for Christian Watson. Hopefully we see him uh, make his season debut here on Thursday Night Football. Then we're going to have Jacoby Myers, big riser. You know, week one, he had that huge performance. He misses week two with a concussion. Heading into week three, it's like, all right, was that a fluke game? Um, Like, how's he going to look in his second game here with the Raiders? He looked fantastic in week two. Another really solid game in terms of commanding volume. And I mean, this is really looking like a huge miss from the Patriots here. They pretty much let Jacoby Myers walk to bring in Juju for, I think like they signed for the same contract. Jacoby Myers has lit it up through two weeks. Jimmy G is just hyper-focused on getting both Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers the ball. I also think this is a solid matchup here against the Chargers. So I do like Jacoby as like a fringe wide receiver two play. Then we have Zay Flowers. He's been involved in three straight weeks. I think he's clearly established himself as the uh, wide receiver one for the Ravens. Like him as like a fringe wide receiver two. Then we have Tyler Lockett. I'd say Tyler Lockett's been a little bit disappointing through three weeks. He had the one big game, but I think the concern for Lockett heading into the season was like, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba there. Is JSN going to be eating into Tyler Lockett's opportunities? And the thing is, JSN has not done that, right? His route participation isn't great. Don't think he's got above a 70% route participation. So Metcalf and Lockett are still locked in to being the top two wide receivers in this offense. So it's a little bit disappointing that Lockett, you know, hasn't been able to put together some better performances because you have to think at some point JSN is going to start getting more involved, which would then kind of lower the ceilings of both Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. So you would like Lockett to capitalize early on in the season. Hasn't happened so far, but I still think he's in like this wide receiver two territory. 
Now moving into tier five, gonna start off this tier with Mike Evans. And this may seem harsh to have Evans as a wide receiver three, considering he's put together three straight strong performances. This matchup for Evans has really just been his kryptonite. Um, going up against the Saints with Marshawn Lattimore, he just consistently loses that matchup. So I still think he's playable. Um, he does have at least like one or two strong performances against Lattimore, but it typically does not go well. So that's why he's kind of docked from where you probably would expect after three impressive games. Behind Evans, we're going to have George Pickens operating as the uh, Steelers clear wide receiver one with Deontay out. Really haven't had any of those other weapons step up big time. Like Fryermuth's pretty much been a non-factor, I guess, aside from the uh, week three touchdown. So Pickens is locked in as their number one target. Behind Pickens, I have Jordan Addison. Hopefully this is the week where Addison just completely leaps KJ Osborne for those wide receiver two snaps. But even if he doesn't, I still think he's a solid wide receiver three play. And then he really has that upside, um, you know, if KJ Osborne does get bumped below him on the depth chart. Then we're going to have Garrett Wilson. Tough spot here for Garrett Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson is just nodded at the quarterback position. You just got to hope they make a move sooner rather than later. He's honestly been fine through two weeks, but the floor is just really low because Zach Wilson could just go out there and throw for like sub 100 yards, and it really wouldn't even be shocking. Um, After Garrett Wilson, we're going to go with Christian Kirk. Now, Christian Kirk's ranking is heavily dependent on Zay Jones' availability in this game. If Zay Jones is active, I think you got to uh, drop Christian Kirk at least a few spots in these rankings. If Zay Jones is out, I think you can probably bump Christian Kirk a few slots up. Zay Jones is the guy who's in there on two wide receiver sets when all the wide receivers are healthy. So with Zay Jones out, Christian Kirk slides into that role, much more valuable. If Zay Jones is in, then it's going to cut into Christian Kirk's routes, which is obviously going to affect his uh, you know fantasy production. Then we're going to have back-to-back Texans wide receivers. Some people are going to prefer Nico Collins. Others are going to prefer Tank Dell. I don't really think I've seen enough to make a super strong stand either way. So I have Nico Collins here at 31, Tank Dell at 32. CJ Stroud has wildly overachieved through three weeks, and both these wide receivers have been the beneficiaries of it. Also, just kind of an interesting thing for Tank Dell. Typically, you get these wide receivers that are, you know, pretty small in stature, and they get kind of locked into like this slot gadgety role, kind of like a Rondell Moore. Tank Dell has not been locked in there. He is playing on the outside. He is dominating. So just kind of good to see there out of Tank Dell. And I mean, he's been the starter for two weeks and has put together two very, very impressive games. After Tank Dell, to wrap up this tier, we have Jerry Judy, um, kind of at his like first solid game of the season, missed week one, didn't do a ton in week two. Week three was a solid game. I do view him as the wide receiver one in this offense. Love the matchup here against the Bears. And despite the Broncos kind of just being an embarrassing overall team, the offense hasn't looked that bad. Like Russ has looked better than last season. So I think Judy is kind of like an interesting wide receiver three moving forward. Could definitely turn into like potential back end wide receiver two as they uh, start to build throughout the season. And then shifting into tier six, three guys in this tier for the top 36. This is kind of like the veteran tier. DeAndre Hopkins, not giving up on him yet. Hopefully he's able to kind of work back from that ankle injury and uh, string together some impressive performances. Then we have Chris Godwin. And if the matchup wasn't poor for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin probably wouldn't have cracked the top 36. He's just been significantly less involved than Mike Evans through three weeks. But the fact that I'm kind of docking Evans, if Evans isn't super involved, then this could be Chris Godwin's week. So I still think he's playable. If you want to bench him for some of these other guys ahead of him, or even some of my honorable mentions, I do get it. But I do think this week is looking decent for Chris Godwin to kind of have his breakout here. 
And then the final player, DJ Moore. Last two weeks, fantasy-wise, has been fine. He kind of got saved later on in that uh, week three game. I like the matchup here against the Broncos. If there was going to be a game for the Bears to kind of get right, it would be here against the Broncos, who just let up uh, 70 points to the Dolphins. Not overly optimistic, but it could happen. He's like a fringe wide receiver three. And then I just wanted to run through, honestly, like a bunch of different honorable mentions. These are all guys who could have kind of slotted in to one of those final spots. Terry McLaurin just missed the cut. Same thing with Drake London. Cortland Sutton could be thrown in there going up against the Bears. Michael Thomas, three very consistent performances, just hasn't gotten into the end zone yet. Um, Elijah Moore, his volume has been solid. A little bit of a low A dot, so he hasn't had like a huge receiving yardage game, but those could be coming. Uh, Marquise Brown, back-to-back strong games, just a tough matchup against the 49ers, but the Cardinals have looked um, a lot better than pretty much everyone expected. If Christian Watson does not play, I think Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed could be like wide receiver threes. Um, I think Zay Jones is interesting if he plays, and then also Adam Thielen coming off of back-to-back solid performances. I really think the wide receiver position is pretty strong. I think there's a pretty steep difference between the running backs and the wide receivers like the running backs, it starts to feel gross, even in like the top 12 guys, wide receivers, there are potentially like 48 ish players, you feel pretty decent about throwing into your lineup. So really just the tail of those two different positions. But that's going to wrap it up for this one. If you all enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, running back rankings are already up. Um, My start sits from what was that yesterday? Uh, Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.